Welcome to episode 56 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today, we've got an Intel report for you to sift through with all the latest from Bond, Mission Impossible, and more. But let's just get into it, shall we? Take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. Welcome to the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Solo. Bond. James Bond. Natasha Romanoff. Ethan Hunt. Looks later. Elsa Faust. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, 007. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Do you expect me to talk? I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. Yeah, baby! Special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? But remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? the British hand up, sir. This state will self-destruct in five seconds. Recording from an undisclosed location full of drawers, full of information that you want to know, it's a Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, Ben Esslinger. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And welcome back to the CIC, the spy movie podcast that would not only go see David Arnold in concert, but also apply to be on 007 Road to a Million Season 2 if either of them were available to do stateside. Not that I'm bitter or anything. I think you're a little bitter. <laughs> I'm a little bitter. Just a touch. <laughs> but uh, welcome back. Finally, finally back. Had a little unplanned, pro- well, kind of a planned break, but not really a planned break. Unfortunately, <laughs> someone thwarted our, our plans. Someone more devious than Blofeld, more diabolical than the galaxy. My mother came and stayed with me. <laughs> it kind of threw us off a little, but we're back. <laughs> she going around, Mini-Me, would you take me to this thing? Yes. Mini-Me, I've never seen this before. Let's go there. Let's go there. You don't need to do a podcast. <laughs> People don't need to hear the silly spy shit from you anymore. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're finally back, and uh, we've got an Intel report on board for you. Got some good stuff to talk about, but hey, we also have shout-outs. Shout-outs! Shout-outs! We need like a a 90s David Letterman-style Paul, (laughs) what's-his-face, little playoff thing with the whole band. It's time for (laughs) shout-outs! We really need to make one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Schaefer, Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer and the world's most dangerous, is it the world's most dangerous band? World's most dangerous band, yes, Yes, sir. (laughs) Next thing you know, you'll hear windows getting crushed as we're throwing pencils through fake windows. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, we have a a shout-out here. This person uh, asked to stay anonymous, so I will respect their wish. This person wrote, Hey guys, love your podcast. I'm a loyal listener during my morning and evening commutes. You guys are informative. We're informative. Oh, <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. We have noted on numerous occasions we are neither informative nor scholarly in any way. I want to just put this disclaimer out there. If you feel like you're getting useful information from us, you might want to check out some other podcasts to balance that out. You know what, though? I'm going to use this. As as a quote, when we promote <laughs> when we promote this going forward, I'm going to put in quotes informative and funny 
Anonymous. Anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Anonymous. Yes, indeed, indeed. And then he also went on to request reviews for two films, Spy Game from 2001 and The Recruit from 2003, which are both pretty good shouts, especially Spy Game. I know that's been on our list for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I think both of them are on the master list. Yes. The only list allowed (laughs) at the Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. That is is correct. Um, But it has been duly noted that those are bumped up to request status. Yes, which do uh, get a much higher... Get a much higher chance chance of actually getting done unless you're ruining a theme we're looking for <laughs> or a particular reminiscing moment we're going for that's right or we just don't fucking care <laughs> which is never the case because we love our tens of listeners we do we do and then he went on to finally say thanks and keep up the great work so apparently we're doing some great work well as long as we have one person who thinks that's the case we will continue doing this podcast damn skippy also shout out to columbia we got our first download from columbia and that's the country not the manufacturer of fine outdoor goods correct okay that just is making correct. sure it is Mom, mama gert used to scare me when i was a kid <laughs> Frankenstein never scared me as a child, but Mama Gert, ooh, ooh. she's fast. <laughs> like yes, a <laughs> we got a, we did in fact get a download from the home of the cocaina. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and also you know I don't think I've ever said this before, but man, shout out to New York. We're getting mad downloads from New really? York. Yeah, a lot of people in New- NYC, man. NYC is down with the CIC. <laughs> We're down with CIC. NYC. Brooklyn! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And hey, if you, tens of listeners, want to show off your love of the uh, CIC to friends or family, why not visit our merch store? We have just added our official CIC field agent tee. It's pretty swanky. It's pretty cool. Jason's actually wearing one right this very moment. I believe in our product and so should you. (laughs) That's right. And you can find the link to our little store at the bottom of our show description. But another way that you can show your love, which doesn't cost a thing, you can like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all those great things on your favorite podcast provider. The glowing five-star reviews will help us show up quicker in searches for Stuff like us. Silly spy shit. Damn right. But uh, should we get into some uh, some intel, buddy? Well, it is why we're here. All right. Well, let's do this. Looking for a news story? Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. We'll print anything these days. Okay, Intel. So, Jason, we are not on the road. We're not on the road anymore. We're done with roads. We're done with roads. We're going. We don't need roads. (laughs) That's right. However, I will mention our first little bit of intel here is that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is coming to digital October 10th. And then on Blu-ray and 4K and yada, yada, Ray on (laughs) October 31st. I believe it's like two weeks later in the UK for that date. So we will be able to watch it again and again and see those magnificent (laughs) close-ups. Of Tom Cruise's biceps. Sure. That's it. That's in no way is it anyone else in that cast. (laughs) Jason's keeping very tight-lipped about that. (laughs) Haley Atwell. Yes. (laughs) So that's exciting. Uh, I would have to say once it comes out and we're all ready to go, I'm sure there'll be some sort of a, I don't know, review of the film uh, in the immediate future from that point. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we've got a pretty heavy docket for the oh, remainder we, of the we year. Do, we're gonna we're gonna let the tens of listeners sort out their feelings about Dead Reckoning Part One before oh, yeah. we actually do. It won't be like the following week or anything. Like right, that. right. But, uh, just <laughs> just know that it's coming. So it is coming because if you, if you really to be divisive about it, get ready to be divisive about <laughs> That's it. That's right. <laughs> Our favorite punchline is back in uh, Intel Argyle. <laughs> now so, with 50% more hair. That's right. So while we now know that Argyle is set to release on February 2nd of next year. Tentatively? Tentatively. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't state tentatively, but I think it's implied. I mean, it kind of is considering we don't have any sort of trailer. We've seen seven, literally seven seconds of hair. Of hair. Bad hair. (laughs) Bad hair from Henry Cavill. However, we did just find out that director Matthew Vaughn is slated to be a panelist at New York Comic Con on Saturday, October 14th. So, and I believe actually you can watch his panel online. I think it's on, of all places, Tumblr, actually. That's not unusual. No? Do no, they do I mean, that? Because like a lot of gamer stuff also does like... Uh, oh, do they? Cha- like Halo does their, their championship series I'm not there. hip with the kids. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I only watch that stuff because I get free swag from a Halo game. I could give two shits about watching people oh. shoot each other. I'd rather be playing, but... I didn't realize you'd get free swag and that sort know, of thing. You know. So the big question, I guess, is are we finally going to get a teaser... At something. New York, at something, anything at New York Comic Con. At the very least, are they going to see it? And then there'll be stories told <laughs> about this footage well, that no <laughs> one's seen except for people at, at right. New York Comic Con. And I mean, you know, usually when you get that stuff, you get the trickle down. It comes out a week later, two weeks later, and you can exactly. see what it is. But right. the problem with Matthew Vaughn going to Comic Con is it could have nothing to do with com- or anything to do with a movie and everything to do with comics because of what he does for Well, I know that the article that I read did say that he was going to talk about some of his previous movies. So he is going to talk movies. I just don't know if he's going to talk about Argyle all that right. much. Right. Well, so. considering it's not really a movie and it's all made up like <laughs> whose line is it anyway? Probably not. Unless unless maybe Cavill shows up with some of the other actors and they like, you know, do like an improv version of Argyle. Well, that'd be something to see as well. I don't know if I'd pay money for that, but I'd... Uh, well, if they put the hair thing on his head, I absolutely would pay money <laughs> well, for that. That is true. I would pay money to see that. But speaking of things that do hopefully exist... <laughs> Alex Ryder, season three. So, I thought it was going to be out by now, but we have gotten some updates. On September 14th, Richard Burrell, who is a producer for Alex Ryder, I looked it up on IMDb, he's done two episodes on this new season, mentioned to one of the, there's maybe, you know how we have tens of listeners? Yeah, there's like ones there's of like, Alex Ryder There's fans? like fives of, of <laughs> Alex Ryder superfans out there, but there are, they're out there, they're out there, they exist, I've seen them, and I've interacted with them, they're very nice chaps, but they were interacting with Richard Burrell on Twitter and asking about whether VFX is done with this new season because they're constantly like they're they're only fives but they're tenacious they're a tenacious five <laughs> let me tell you wasn't that uh like a superhero group in like the late 70s tenacious five i believe they wrote the greatest song in the world oh, oh wait no it's just a tribute oh <laughs> but uh so he wrote back and said episode five done episode six and seven should be done by the end of next week and keep in mind this was on september 14th so this is all in the past already that just leaves the end of episode eight to complete so apparently they're pretty much done 
with the season as far as putting it together. On the same day, the official Twitter account for Alex Ryder TV posted saying, something exciting is coming soon. So I'm guessing we're getting a premiere date very soon. Also, Anthony Horowitz, the author of Alex Ryder, he also said the same thing, that we're set to get a premiere date very, very soon. So hopefully we'll get to see that and talk about it in a future Intel report. Yeah, absolutely. Also in TV, and this is crazy because I'm only just finding out about this. And this was talked about, I believe in July, and it just never hit my radar until now. But apparently there's a remake of Mr. and Mrs. Smith happening as a TV series on Prime Video starring Donald Glover and Maya Erskine in the uh, lead roles. So I saw a photo of it. Wasn't great. But I did find on YouTube, you can find this very small sneak peek of the series on the Prime Day 2023 exclusive sneak peek video thing. Mm -hmm. And that looked better. It's one of those things where they just like use the same photo for all these Mm -hmm. little stories and the photo is just not great. They just didn't choose very well because like I said, in the video, it looked a little bit more promising. And I like Donald Glover, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I feel like, well, because, it, you know, uh, most of you who have seen the movie, if you remember from the movie, it was right. definitely more of a comedy bend yeah. in terms of what was happening and going on. And he certainly can do comedy. I mean, yeah, there's for sure. no question of that. Right. Uh, I wonder if it's going to have the same level of physicality that the movie kind of engendered. Yeah. As a TV show, it feels like you're not trying to cram all the, the explosions in in the last 20 minutes of the film and whatnot. But I'm certainly willing to give it a chance. It's a little weird just because the original movie is made with arguably the two most attractive humans in the universe. Right. And so it's a little weird. There's only one way to go from there from a looks perspective. <laughs> like, right. So, but nonetheless, again, Donald Glover. He's a funny guy, and he's very talented. So, um, yeah, and I, I think it really—I mean—the basic premise does lend itself to a long form. Absolutely, right? yeah. Particularly if it's a slow burn on them figuring it out. Yeah, as long as that's not half of the first season. Well, and see, that's my concern. My concern is that they're not actually going to find out that each other are spies until like the end. Yeah, until the very end of the season, but hopefully that's not the case. I guess we'll Um, find out. Yeah. Also on IMDb, it mentioned that John Turturro, Paul Dano, and Michaela Cole is also going to be in this show. So that's a decent cast. So I'll be curious. Jason, I can't believe it. We actually get to talk. Bond. We actually get to talk about Bond. Who is Bond? James Bond, the uh, international super spy. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. Wasn't there like a movie of him? Like, like uh, tw- I don't know, gosh, like <laughs> 10, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, there's 25 of them, in fact. Really? Yeah. But not like recently, though. Well, like two years ago. Yeah. No, it's yeah. got to have been like 80 or 90 years ago I, since feel, that last it feel, film. It feels like 80 or 90 years ago. But uh, out of nowhere, there has been this... Fireburst of of Bond intel that has finally came back into the stratosphere that we can actually talk about. That's not just entirely scuttlebutt. And speaking of out of nowhere, I mean, this just like suddenly popped in with no tease, no anything. 
Apple Arcade announced that on September 29th, we are getting Cypher 007 Escape the Mind Trap. According to the write-up on the uh, Mac App Store, Cypher 007 will put players in the shoes of James Bond as you revisit some of his most iconic moments. The criminal mastermind Blofeld and head of Spectre has once again hatched a plan to sabotage his archenemy, James Bond. This time, he has utilized brainwashing techniques known as the mind trap. <laughs> you know, that's a Star Trek episode. I just want everybody to realize that. <laughs> Holding Bond captive in a mental prison in an attempt to turn him into the ultimate double agent. I almost wonder if they are playing... Uh, well, it's a totally different story. Anyway... <laughs> There's hints of all sorts of influences in here. Play as Agent 007 on his most challenging mission yet. Escape the Mind Trap. Defeat Blofeld. And put an end to the Cypher program. Which also has, now that I'm thinking about it too, this sounds a little bit like the Ipcris file as well. Mm. On top of everything else. Gather intel as you play through different environments with the help of characters from MI6 like Q, M, and Moneypenny. Play through a number of immersive levels filled with obstacles, opponents, and objectives increasing in difficulty as you progress. The one bummer to this announcement is that you can't actually own it. You just have to have that subscription to Apple Arcade. Mm -hmm. I did like the fact that it's a very illustrative style that they went with instead of trying to make it look like Pierce or Daniel or... Well, that's the thing. If if he's revisiting iconic places, it's probably every Bond. Right. Right. So yeah. they're going to have to have a amalgam bond. A, a neutral, a neutral right. looking bond that just sort of fits a. Which brings up the question if, if you had to take all the features of the existing James Bonds that were out there, who gets the hair, who gets mm-hmm. the eyes, who gets the nose? shape of the head. Oh, there there have been so many people that have used chat GPT to take all six pictures of the Bonds and combine them and let AI do its wizardry to come up with what Bond would look like if you combined attributes from all of them. And it turns into like some kind of like sludge monster like Chet from uh, Weird Science, you know? <laughs> Bond! <laughs> and then Q just has to Steve walk over. But and- what? <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was one of our best opportunities. (laughs) So yeah, we're getting a game in a week. That's exciting. Certainly since the the game from IO probably won't be out for another year or two. The one that is being made by the same people who made uh, Hitman. Mm -hmm. They're making that really big Bond game, but that's a ways off, obviously. I don't know. I'll probably give it a try. I'll probably do, see if I can get like a free month's like a sure. tri- like a trial like a trial and see what it's all about. Yeah. But uh as we mentioned in the intro also <laughs> Bond composer David Arnold is going to be performing live across the UK in November including London, Newcastle, Glasgow, Birmingham, Manchester and Cambridge where he'll be on stage with a quote stripped back performance never seen before. Um So it's w- just him one man band with a drum and cymbals, <laughs> the trumpet attached to the That left. would be a- if he did that I would fly over there to see that. <laughs> Uh, but no, he will be there with a six-piece band instead of his usual orchestra. So, uh, Mr. Arnold, you are coming to the U.S. next, right? Right? Please? Please? Don't hold your breath. Yeah, I know. Would be nice, though. But hey, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't complain entirely because I got to see Duran Duran last month. And they did play Feet and, a Kill. And, so. and they were here. And they were here. Physically in the United Physically States of America. in the United States of America. So that was pretty great. Also, uh, in collector news, (laughs) 
So this has been met with mixed emotions online. The 007 store, in partnership with Factory Entertainment, announced uh, pre-ordering for their Goldfinger DB5 ejector seat button prop replica. (laughs) So for a mere $130, you two can have a non-working gear stick with a button in the middle of it. (laughs) And we all want one of those. That's right. I mean, I already have a a cigarette lighter fire missiles button that doesn't do anything. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I just wish that they would have made something that you could actually mount onto a I mean you to a gear shift. If you were a gearhead enough, you could make it that work. That is true. You could probably make if you it have work. A manual, it's a lot easier. This is true. Unfortunately my manual would not work for that. But anyway. Moving well, you're right just on. not motivated enough. I can get that thing on there <laughs> Great. <laughs> My reverse won't work, but you'll get it on there, damn it. Hey, you don't need to go backwards when you got an ejector seat. That's right. That's right. Honestly, I might just go in for the uh, $19 You Only Live Twice lunchbox that just came out. But anyway, moving on. Go with your pinball machine. Yeah. And as we mentioned in the intro as well, the James Bond reality TV series, 007's Road to a Million, has been renewed for a second season, despite the fact that season one hasn't even come out. So, but I guess either A, it screened well, or they're just doubling down on it and just deciding to go for it. So, I mean, it, it can't cost nearly as much money to produce a series like that as it does to produce a scripted show, right? Oh, yeah. Just people I mean, running around London looking for clues. Pretty much. I mean, Just cameras following them. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. And I feel like, I mean, you don't even have to have real cameras except people running around with iPhones. <laughs> I don't know I, about that, but I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't work in the industry, but still, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely cheaper. It's definitely cheaper. So yeah, it has been renewed for a second season and they made the casting calls public for new contestants. Once again, us folks here on this side of the Atlantic uh, will not be able to play in their reindeer games, but we don't have a promo or a release date for season one yet. Who knows when we're going to even see that. But. Maybe they could do like uh, Ethan Hunt's Road to a Million out here in the oh U.S. Oh my God, I would so do that. But everybody has to run to everything. That's the key. <laughs> That's right. I wonder, it would be interesting if they did something like that, but you'd have like teams of five then. Like <laughs> Mission Impossible's four. Run to a Million. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Just don't make me run. I got a bad knee. <laughs> and... uh Finally, in nowhere near reliable news, Jason, but we got my favorite kind. But man, we got to talk about it because Twitter went mad over this shit. (laughs) So, World of Real, a site that is quickly becoming synonymous with other sites like Screen Rant and Giant Freaking Robot as being entirely unreliable for fucking anything, they first touted this rumor that Christopher Nolan was in talks with Barbara Broccoli to become the Bond 26 director. In fact, it said that he was in negotiations for both 26 and 27 for the next two movies. Nobody else picked up this story except about a week later, NME, which is a music magazine in England. Their name's literally NME, like enemy? N-M-E, but it's supposed to, I mean, I think, it- I think it stands for new music I don't know. I, I feel like their marketing department should have workshopped that a little bit more, but okay, please continue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they picked up the same story like a couple days later, which sort of somehow gave it more weight just because another... But were they bringing it up off a of World of Reels story? 
Or yeah, was, I mean, they're referencing, okay. they're referencing World of Real, for sure. I don't know. It's just, it's silly. So yeah, the story went on to say that he was in negotiations for two movies, but the sticking point was that he basically wanted full control, which of course, as we all know, would never happen. If this story is even real at all. Well, that that's what kind of makes me wonder. Nobody's going to go to Christopher Nolan to do a movie and then have any expectation he's going to let them have anything to do with it. Right. It's I Christopher mean, Nolan. It's Christopher Nolan. He's going to bring in syncope. He's yeah. going to bring in his wife to help him. Yeah. He's going to bring in his people to yeah. do all the things that he wants to do. And if you're not on board with that, then sorry, sucker. Yeah. He's That's got what, 15 other great ideas that are going to make a ton of money, just like Oppenheimer did. Yeah, I would love to see a Ridley Scott James Bond movie, but you're never going to see that for the same reason. Right, right? exactly. Ridley's like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Let me show you the movies I've made before. <laughs> yes? Yes. <laughs> All right, so this is what you do. You trust me, you don't. No? All right, fine. I'll go make another Gladiator movie then. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> right, exactly. And this story just loses its credibility even further as uh, it then goes goes on to say that Broccoli's backup director choices include Danny Boyle, which would never happen but after would what happened. It'd be great, but it won't happen since he was supposed to do Bond 25 and then right. everything exploded. Dennis Villeneuve. And then this one's the real clincher is Paul Greengrass, who did the Bourne movies, which would never happen because that whole franchise is not a fan anyone associated with that franchise is not real big fans of bond like matt damon went on record basically saying that he didn't think much of, of james bond yeah, but that's matt damon i think that there's too much there was too much criticism of quantum of solace you know here's this you know you've got quantum of solace which is this heavily criticized bond movie that looks like a born movie in some ways and now you're gonna say you're gonna bring in Greengrass to direct a Bond movie I highly highly doubt that like, I think that it's a distinct possibility and you would be very surprised but <laughs> everybody's stealing from everybody the last two James Bond movies borrowed very heavily from Mission Impossible that's true you know it's yeah. you follow the trends it's got nothing to do with anything else the right. Bourne stuff stole from Mission Impossible as well that's true you know it's, it's very incestual yeah <laughs> because they're all telling the same story. Yeah, more or less. You know, it's and just, just one guy's variations. English, one guy's American, the other guy is born. And, you know, <laughs> right. he, he, goodwill hunting. And and <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a spy story, it's an intrigue story, particularly with Born and with Mission Impossible. It's the good guys being chased by their own people, which more or less, the last few Bond movies have been the same thing in some capacity. Yeah. You know, so maybe we just, it's at the problem of the director. It's rotating our things to just letting them be spies instead of enemies of the spies. Right. You know, I don't know. I, my, it, it's a criticism. It's my, a criticism. My, my point is simply that these choices don't make a whole lot of sense given the public narrative of anything. Well, so. by the time this actually happens, any narrative that's happening right now is going to be completely forgotten after. 85 news cycles because it's still <laughs> six years in the future. This is true. But I will also say one other little bit of scuttlebutt that came online, which was even more laughable to me. Then this guy named Daniel, I don't know if it's pronounced Reitman or Richtman. I would say Reitman. Reitman. sounds better. Daniel Reitman, who on his Twitter bio page said that CNBC called him a Twitter influencer and writer. So I don't know. All I know is he's got a lot of followers and he seems to be somewhat influential. Mm. But he posted a rumor that Matthew Vaughn 
is now allegedly the top choice to direct James Bond. So <laughs> that got a good laugh out of me. So are they got like betting odds in Vegas like this, like they do with the next Bond uh, actor? Yeah. Because I mean, mm. it's, it's all, it's, it, it doesn't mean, it means nothing. It's all horseshit. It's all horseshit. And this got me to thinking a little bit about when you think we'll actually get some movement on a Bond movie. And I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. I don't think we're gonna get another Bond movie for another five years from right now. I know that's grim, but I honestly think they're gonna sit on this thing for a while. I just don't see it. I, I, I mean, I hope they prove me wrong, but man, at the snail's pace that they've been moving, now we've got a writer strike. Now we've got an actor mm-hmm. strike. Arguably, the writer strike is they're getting close, allegedly, but we haven't heard a peep out of the writers or out of the actor strike yet, as far as if they've made any headway with the actors. But how does that work with what's basically an English production? I don't know. That's that's if a they qu- hire English writers. I mean, what are the the normal duo that does the writing for this stuff? Are they English or are they American? That is true. I mean, it depends on if they get Purvis and Wade or if they're going with. I mean, it could be one of those situations. If they do get somebody like a Nolan who does like to write his own material, uh-huh. so then you're dealing with that. And I don't know if he's part of the. Well, I'm um, sure that they're all part of SAG and the Directors Guild and the Writers Guild of America. Right. But if it's an all English production, right, does it matter? I don't know. Other than personal, like yeah, you know, well, we're right. in solidarity, yada right. yada yada. But at the end of the day, nobody in England is striking on this stuff. So if it's an English director, English writers, all English actors, and an entire English production crew, you could still make this movie. I don't, I don't know what the rules I mean, are. Because, I mean, I know for a fact that Simon Pegg isn't doing anything. Right. I'm sure a lot you of know, people are I, not doing things because they know the market is so big here and they don't want to alienate the guilds that they're part of here. Right. But, I mean, if... Babs wanted to crank something out. She could be like, well, let's just get... Some- well, she'd look like a villain if she did that, though. Is that not on brand for Barbara Broccoli anyway? <laughs> well, and the franchise? At, at this point. She should come out with like a bald wig on, just kind of go, I'm afraid that what we're going to have to do to get the fans a movie is just hire people no one knows that only live in England. <laughs> I mean, think of, I think of the opportunity that it would present if because they couldn't do something... They had to pull in a young director from England. They had to bring in young writers from England. Unknown actors who were only part of the whatever the English acting. Be some weird low budget gorilla shot. (laughs) What if it was amazing? It could. I mean, that's an interesting theory. An indie Bond movie, right? That would be something else, actually. Because you'd have to actually, I don't know, use creativity and (laughs) and smarts to kind of Mm -hmm. figure out how to get around a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instead of saying, saying, let's ship in this giant piece of ice from up north so we can film this down at Pinewood. Right. No, I I agree with you. In reality, we're probably at least five years out. You think so? I think uh, at the minimum, we're three years to hearing something's going to happen. And then they have to make that thing happen. Right. Because I am willing to bet nothing has been written. Nothing. There's not even, there's not even like. There's not even an idea out there. Yeah. And it's almost like, and I mean, I'm not, I don't have a problem with waiting to cleanse the palate. Right. Right. You know, we got a definitive end to the Daniel Craig storyline. Universe. (laughs) Right. There was nothing pending saying, because James Bond will not return. Right. Right. And so it's a good reset, restart. Why rush it? Yeah. Because at this point, it's not like people are going to forget who James Bond is. But the further you get yourself away from Danny Boy and all of that, 
I think the more interest you generate rather than just people coming in and saying, oh, it's the next one. Now you I got suppose. people going, my, dude, my, I haven't seen one of those in a while. I bet this will be badass. Right. I mean, I my only concern is, are people just not going to care nah. once it finally comes out? Well, that's got to be a lot to do with whatever they're trying to present as Bond at that particular category, right? Yeah. If they bring in a person that everybody's hot and bothered over, you're going to get people to go see it because they're hot and bothered over whoever that person is. Right. If you write it as uh, the intelligent option for uh, a spy movie rather than run, 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 look at my butt. <laughs> my train is sideways. Gravity. Ah! Right? right? Because that's somebody else's shtick. Yeah. You know? Because I could see it now. Let's return to the original spy adventure kind yeah. of thing. I would love to see more intrigue brought back into Bond as yes. opposed to being just an action set piece parade. Right. I mean, I think that was the thing that I that I liked the most about Casino Royale was it felt like a spy movie. Yeah. There were stakes, but they... And they were even kind of worldwide stakes, but they weren't what they eventually morphed into. Like everything has worldwide consequences. Yes. It turned into an MI movie, right? Yeah. Where every line is the world's going to die if right. we don't do this. Sure. And basically every Pierce Brosnan James Bond. <laughs> but I'd love to see just let's trim Bond back to what Bond was. Yeah. He's a spy. And again, and I, I'll, I'll say this every single time we take him back to the fucking 60s. <laughs> because that's when spies mattered. Yeah. I mean, now there's so much technology that spies hardly matter anymore. Right. Or put him in a, write him into a situation where the guy has to be, it has to be a person that's doing this story. Yeah. Rather than trying to explain it away. Because they tried to do that with Daniel Craig. It's always like, you know, what is it, you know? Know when to shoot and also when know not to shoot yeah. kind of thing. So, you know, you need that human thing. But I, that always kind of felt a little false to me with those stories. I do like the idea, and I know this is, this is kind of out of left field, but I kind of like the idea of if you're going to talk about bringing it back to actual spycraft and still keep it in present day, there's still stuff you can do with the element of honey trap spycraft where Haley Atwell for Bond 2027 <laughs> keep going well I think about like from Russia with love mm -hmm. you know that was a situation where it was like a honey trap you know but it was obviously a trap and it was obviously to lure Bond out and to right you know and all that thing but I think that could work that's still something that resonates with people now yeah. because it's it's got the human element it's it's not dependent on technology right. it's dependent on persuading somebody right in a certain it's bending somebody to your will here's the big thing i mean russia's helping out bond's case now by being <laughs> who they are yeah or at least who their government is to our listeners in russia i think you're all wonderful but and we do have a couple and we do have a couple what really is the 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 intriguing thing and i'm about to get us cut off from china um <laughs> is this would work with the Chinese government more than it does any other government that's out there. Yeah. Right. Because they are basically the Soviet Union of <laughs> right. current decade, right? But you can't really have James Bond as an undercover agent in Beijing. Well, unless he, he, he does kind of stick out a little bit. Unless you change the character to be Asian, which it's not like you couldn't have an Asian MI6 agent in 
This is very true. Well, I mean, if you got Henry Golding to do it, who's been touted as a potential Bond actor. That's all I'm saying. If you want to get back to nuts and bolts type of spy crafty stuff, where you have to go to get that is not the same as it was before, right? Right. I mean, if James Bond was an Israeli agent, yeah, we could be doing that till the end of time. Right. Right. (laughs) But, you know, you have to go where the enemies are to make that work. And Could a good writer figure out a way to get a white James Bond into that? Of course they could. Right. Of course they could. Without trying to disguise him as being Asian. (laughs) As happened in another James Bond movie 50 years ago. 50 years ago. But I I guess that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're not going to take the franchise back to where... The stories actually took place. stories actually took place and would have been relevant as having human people involved. You have to put them in a situation where there's no other possibility for you to use other things. Right. And I honestly, like you said, I think in the world we live in, human intelligence is still important. Yes. But so much information can be gathered without it that, I mean, or or you really play up the assassination portion of what James Bond does. Yeah. Yeah. And you turn Bond from a spy to an assassin who gets caught in the middle of something that he has to be more spy with. I mean, I guess if you get enough monkeys in a room hitting typewriters, you get Shakespeare. So yeah. if you put enough heads into the writer's room, you can come up with a pretty decent idea. Yeah. It's just, I think there needs to be more outside the box thinking, get Bond out of the Mission Impossible model yeah. and get him back into the Bond model. Yeah, the true like spycraft model. Right. Or we just do a crossover with the Mission Impossible team, (laughs) blend the franchises together, and you've got whatever pretty boy from England and Tom Cruise (laughs) at age 70, at age 75, running the team (laughs) with Haley Atwell and Simon Pegg, who's 65, (laughs) right? And Ving Rames, who's a hologram. I don't know. But yes, to get back to your original question, it's going to be a minute before we get one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people are speculating, oh, we'll have a new Bond movie by 2025 or 26. I'm like, no, we're not. Well, and you can't discount the Amazon connection. I mean, I know that Amazon is going to pressure them to like move forward with things, but I also know the way Barbara Broccoli is. And I also know that right now they're in a kind of awkward position where I don't think, I honestly don't think Barbara Broccoli's that jazzed about being the head of James Bond anymore. And we're now looking at their kids, whether it's, and Barbara Broccoli's daughter has already gone on record saying, well, I can't do what my mom does. Like, right. Like she doesn't want, she doesn't really want to take over the Bond franchise. Mm-mm. Michael G. Wilson's kids have been more involved, but I think almost on a level where they're just kind of happy to be on the ride. Right. But they don't necessarily want to drive the the bus. Right. And I, so I think that once we get to that point, Bezos is just off there with his Lex Luthor haircut, waiting in the wings, going, I'm just going to write him a big check when we get to that point. Yeah, because they're going to finally, I think at some point, the Broccoli family is going to throw their hands up in the air and they're going to sell. Take they the are. money and run. Because the person who's going to be courting you has more money than anybody else on the planet. Yeah. So you're going to get a big payday. Amazon would love to have the IP. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because then all the Bond people are going to start complaining about how much shitty Bond stuff there is out there. Like the Star Wars people are complaining about <laughs> all the shitty Star Wars stuff. And the Marvel people are going to get, hey, remember when you had nothing? No. Nothing's always a winner. <laughs> Did you guys not see Attack of the Clones? <laughs> it's not going to be interesting for the next two years, but it will be interesting in about seven years. Yes, absolutely. And things are going to get even more complicated because we're quickly approaching, I believe it's 2034 when Bond goes into public domain. Now, granted, 
even when that happens, people who try and make James Bond movies at that point won't be able to use the Monty Norman theme. They probably won't be able to use the gun barrel walk, but they'll still be able to use the character. It's going to be Never Say Never Again across the board. Yeah, all over the place. So that could make things really interesting too, but... Again, I think we're all going to have to wait about somewhere between seven and 10 years. So everybody drink your orange juice and go for a walk and <laughs> stay alive because it's going to be a little while before right. we actually get well, another you know, Bond movie. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's ways around that kind of stuff, too, in terms of protecting those kinds of public domain. I mean, Disney's been fighting it with Mickey Mouse right, right for the last yeah. 25 years. Keep getting extensions, things of that nature. And at the end of the day, they can't use the image of Mickey Mouse that Disney has. Right. That's trademarked. Sure. Right? So, the character of Steamboat Willie could be used, but any iteration from that point on can't. So, yeah, you know, I'm just looking forward to someday we get this little blurb when you click on to to Amazon Prime and it goes, Zon, Amazon. (laughs) And then it's just like a whole channel full of... Bond vomiting stuff everywhere. <laughs> oh, the fans will love that. Oh, I can't. I can't wait <laughs> to watch the Bond community, which they are right there on par with the Star Wars community. I'm telling you right now, they're a volatile bunch. They are, especially right now. Oof. Like they'll get a decent show and they'll be like, "This is actually really good Bond." Then the next one will come out. A story about Q, and everybody will just lambast the whole thing. It'll be like the Boba Fett of... (laughs) Exactly. The Book of Q. And they'll be like, it only got good when Bond came in in episode six. (laughs) Take these predictions to heart, people. When you're listening to this 10 years later, and we're referring back to it, you're going to come back to this episode and go... Those guys are fucking geniuses. <laughs> Not scholarly geniuses, no, mind, no, but geniuses nonetheless. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, what about you, tens of listeners? When do you think we'll actually get a new, actual, legit piece of news about Bond 26? You should let us know. You should get in touch with us. We have many, many outlets that you can get in touch with us over email at cicdeaddrop at gmail.com. On Instagram, it's Central Intelligence Cinema, separated by underscores. It's the same thing on threads, on X, (laughs) Twitter. It's at CIC Spy Pod for as long as he doesn't charge us, because once that happens, we're out. And then uh, Blue Sky Social, at CICSpyPod.bsky.social. And all of those will be at the bottom of the show description of this very episode. And we do also actually have one new channel for all the telepaths out there. I'm going to give you my link. And feel free to respond uh, uh, any way you want. Uh, do try and keep the responses uh, before 11 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time over here because I'm sleeping and getting ready to do more silly spy shit the next day. Indeed, indeed. Uh, any last thoughts, Jason? Uh, <laughs> Seven of our tens of listeners got that. Oh, joke. that's a good one, by the way. What's that? That was the thing you just said. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're back and we got much, much more to come. Trust me, we're going to get into it the the rest of this year, man. So uh, with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis. And more mayhem. 